0: Thank you for subscribing to the Parkway Fellowship podcast. Parkway Fellowship, commonly referred to as The Park, is a purpose-driven church in Katy, Texas, recognized for its innovation and rapid growth. Designed for the person who might not be used to attending church, The Park, one of the only purpose-driven churches in the area, has quickly become one of the most popular West Houston churches for people new to their faith, to church, Or to living in the Katy area. It is our prayer that God changes your life through this message from Senior Pastor Mike McGown.
1: The people had read of this rescue that was coming through the bloodline of Abraham. They had seen where Micah proclaimed about a ruler to be born in Bethlehem, Daniel prophesied about the restoration of Jerusalem, and Isaiah's cry about the Son of God coming to them. So for them, it was anticipation. This groaning was growing generation after generation, knowing he was holy no matter what the situation, but they longed for him. They yearned for him. They waited for him on the edge of their seat, on the edge of where excitement and containment meet. They waited. Like a child watches out the window for their father to return from work, they waited. Like a groom stares at the double doors at the back of the church, they waited. And in their waiting, they had hope. Hope that was Fully pledged to a God they had not seen. To a God who had promised a king. A king who would reign over the enemy. Over Satan's tyranny they waited. And so it was centuries of expectations. Of various combinations of differing schools of thought. Some people expecting a political king. Who would rise to the throne through the wars that he fought. While others expected a priest to restore peace. Through the penetration of the Pharisees facade. And yet a baby. 100% human. 100% God. And so, the word became flesh and was here to dwell among us. In his fullness, grace upon grace, Jesus. You see, through him and for him, all things are created. And in him, all things are sustained. God has made himself known for the glory of his name. And this child would one day rise as king. But it would not be by the sword or an insurgent regime. It would be by his life. A life that would revolutionize everything the world knew. He would endure temptation and persecution all while staying true. Humbly healing the broken, the sick, and hurting too. Ministering reconciliation, turning the old into new. And his life would be the very definition of what life truly cost. Saying if you desire life, then your current one must be lost. And he would portray that in his own life as his father would pour out and exhaust. And he would be obedient to the point of death. Even death on a cross. And so just 33 years after the day that he lay swaddled in the hay, he hung on a tree, suffocating, dying in our place, absorbing wrath that is rightfully ours, but we could never bear the weight. And he took that punishment and he put it in the grave and he died. And when I say that he died, I mean that he died. No breath. No heartbeat. No sign of life. You see, God is a God of justice, and the penalty for our sin equals death. That's what Christ did on that cross. But then, just three days later, in accordance with the scriptures, he was raised from the grave. And when I say that he was raised, what I mean is that he was raised. Lungs breathing, heart pumping, blood pulsing through his veins. The words He promised are true. He is the risen Son of God offering life to me and you. Turning our mourning into dancing, our weeping into laughing, our sadness into joy. It is by His mercy we are called His own. It is by His grace we will never be left alone. It is by His love that He is preparing our home. And it is by His blood that we can sing before His throne. Jesus Jesus painted all,
2: all in Him, I owe. Sin
1: has left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. So now we as His church are the ones left waiting. Like the saints who have gone before us, we are anticipating. He has shown us that this world is fading and He has set our desires to be for Him. So now, Parkway, stay ready. Keep your heart focused and your eyes steady. Worship Him freely, never forgetting His great love for you. Emmanuel, God with us.
2: Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. My name is Mike McGowan. I'm the pastor here at Parkway Fellowship. And I want to welcome you this evening to our Christmas Eve service. Um, you know, there was one thing about uh, Christmas growing up when I was a kid. I, honestly, I, I always hated it. I just hated it. I told my parents that I hated it. Did they care? <laughs> no. They didn't care. They didn't do anything about it. I, I, and I waited year after year for it to change. Yeah. Didn't change. One year, I thought it was going to change. Yeah, it didn't. In fact, nothing changed until after I graduated from college. Graduated. Not attended. graduated. And you know what that one thing was? Sitting at the kitty table. Yeah, that's right. All through college, sitting at the kiddie table, you know, all the other adults are in the other room. They're laughing, they're telling jokes, they're having fun, ah, ha, ha, and just having a great time. I'm stuck at the kiddie table with my cousins, uh, and just having a miserable time. And one of the cousins, we nicknamed her "Stinky Diapers," and she earned it. I promise. Okay, it's terrible. And then one day, it happened. To sit at the adult table Honestly I didn't even see it coming I didn't even know it was going to happen You know my mom was just setting the spot to the table And she just said hey we have a spot for you And I was like "Ah!" And I got to go sit at the devil And honestly I actually kind of thought it was going to be a little bit boring Because they're like adults but it was awesome. It was so much fun. It was glorious. Honestly, the food even tasted better at the adult table, I think. You know, it's probably because my mom wasn't cutting it for me. But <laughs> it was great. I loved it. Okay. It was, it was, it was fabulous. Um, now, I got to tell you, though, the transition to the adult table, I, it, it wasn't what I thought. Um, and I, honestly, I don't really know what I thought was going to happen. I didn't know. I don't know what I was thinking. I mean, I thought maybe there would be some sort of like a ceremony. Or there would be, you know, something that would happen that would mark that transition. You know, maybe the, a retiring of the kitty chair. Or there would be some sort, of, uh, some sort of an initiation or a rite of passage. But, uh, you know, none of that happened. You know, I was, one moment I was at the kitty table. Next moment I was at the adult table. I mean, one moment I was in exile. And then I was in the promised land. You know, I i mean, I once, I, you know, it, it just, it was just this quick transition thing. It just wasn't what I thought. There was just no ceremony to mark the change, but there was a change. I, I, you know, I mean, it was different and I would never go back to the kiddie table. I never had to go back and I don't know what the rule is, uh, but once I went to the adult table, I never had to go back to the kiddie table. So whatever that rule is, I mean, I've never found a rule book for this sort of thing. But I, just, I never had to go back. Now, follow this analogy, okay? Spiritually speaking, our situation between us and God is very similar to the kiddie table and the adult table. God is at the adult table where everything is good and it's great and it's fun and it's wonderful. And we're stuck at the kiddie table. And we're separated from God by our sin. Because the Bible says that our sin separates us from God. I mean, that's, that's according to what the Bible says here. And it says that our sin, because our sin separates us from God, we cannot have a relationship with God while we're here on this earth. And we cannot go to heaven when we die. None of that is possible. It's like we're forever stuck at the kitty table and nothing's going to change. And the truth is, it's not going to change. Nothing's going to change until someone finds a way to remove our sinful past from us. And when that happens, then yes, we can have a relationship with God while we're here on this earth. And then yes, we could go to heaven when we die. But until that occurs, nothing is going to change. And we're going to be forever separated from God. Until our sinful past is removed from us. That is where Christmas comes in. That's why Jesus was born. He was born so that he could die on a cross. And his death on the cross could pay for your sin and for my sin. And so that we can be forgiven of our sinful past and we could have a relation with God here on this earth and go to heaven when we die. That is why that first Christmas Eve was so important because without the birth of Christ, none of that's possible. None of that happens unless Jesus is born. And so let's read the story about what happened on that first Christmas Eve. So let's read it. It's, uh, go ahead and pull out your message notes if you haven't done so already. The story is found in Luke chapter 2. Let's read the first 12 verses. It says this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. When they were there, or while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were
0: terrified.
2: But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. And I want you to circle those two words, good news. We're going to come back to them in just a second. Circle good news. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior, circle the word Savior. We're going to come back to that as well. A Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Circle the word Lord. This will be a sign to you you will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Now, what is the message to us this Christmas Eve? It is the same message that the angel gave to the shepherds. And that message contained three components. And the first part of the message is this. It's number 1, is that I need to hear the good news. I need to hear the good news. What's the good news that the angel was speaking about? The good news is that finally, finally there is a way that people can have their sins forgiven and go to heaven when they die. Look how the Bible describes it. In 1 Timothy 2 verses 5 and 6, it says this. That God is on one side and all people on the other side. And Christ Jesus himself man is between them to bring them together by giving his life. For all mankind. Look, it's like this. It's like all the people are on this side, and God is on this side, and Jesus Christ is in the middle to bring God and man together. And how does he do that? By giving his life for all mankind. That's what he does. See, when Jesus died on a cross, he died so that his death could pay the price for your sins and for mine. Because look, here's the problem. God is perfect. And no one who is imperfect can go and live with him. No one can. And so God saw that. And so he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to die on a cross so that he could pay for your sin and for mine. And so then once our sinful past is forgiven then we can have a relationship with God here on this earth. And when we die, we can go live with him in heaven. And Jesus' offer, the good news, is that Jesus offers to pay for our sin for us. He offers to address our sin problem and fix that problem. He paid the price by dying on the cross. And now it's up to you to ask him for forgiveness and apply that forgiveness to your sin account that is the good news because when you do ask him for that forgiveness he forgives you and saves you from the eternal consequences of your sin you ever heard christians you know use that term you no know, i'm saved well what they mean is they saying i'm saved from the consequences of my own sin and they're saved because jesus forgives them of that sin And so Jesus paid the consequences so that they don't have to. And the good news is that Jesus offers to pay the consequences of your sin for you so that you don't have to. That's the good news. But the message of the angel has a second component. Second component is this, is that I need to let Jesus be my savior. I need to let Jesus be my savior. Look, look what, look what the, he says. I, I've reprinted this part of the passage for you. It's in uh, beginning of verse 10. It says, but the angels said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior, recircle that word savior. Circle that again. Look, Jesus didn't come to be a prophet. He didn't come to be a moral teacher. He didn't come to just do some miracles or say some inspiring words. He came to be a savior. He came to be the savior. Look what the Bible says about why Jesus came. Luke 19, 10, it says, the son of man came to look for and to save people who are lost. Now look, he's not talking about, you know, people who are lost and can't find their way home. He's talking about people who are spiritually lost, people who are separated from God by their sins. Because look, If someone dies without asking Jesus Christ to forgive them of all their sins, then they are forever separated from God. That means that they are spiritually lost from God. That's what he's saying here. Um, And so anyone who has not become a Christ follower by asking Jesus Christ to save them of the consequences is lost from God and will spend eternity separated from God in a place that the Bible calls hell. That's why Jesus Christ says he came. He says he came to look for those who are lost and to offer them a chance to be saved from the consequences of their sin. So let me just come right out and ask you. Has there ever been a time in your life when you have asked Jesus Christ to first forgive you for everything you've ever done and then second, pledge to follow him from that day forward? Because it is until you do those two things, you're not a Christ follower. And the consequences of your sin have not been taken care of. Now I printed there for you in your bulletin a sample prayer of how to become a Christ follower. I'm going to read that prayer. And as I read it, I want you to just follow along with me. um, And I want you to think, if you've ever, to yourself, if you've ever prayed that prayer. Now maybe not these exact words, but something like it or something close to this. And if you've never prayed that prayer, then I want you to think about praying that prayer tonight for yourself. Here's the prayer. It goes like this. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me, even when I've gone my own way. I need you in my life, and I'm sorry for my sins. Please forgive me for all my sins. Please come into my heart right now. Thank you for coming into my life and saving me from paying for my own sins. I pledge to follow you as best I can from this day forward. Amen. Now look, if you've never prayed that prayer before, or some version of it, would you pray that prayer right now? Pray it right now. I mean, you can just take a few moments, bow your head, and just pray it right now. Because look, Jesus is already Savior, but you need him to be your Savior. And you do that by praying a prayer just like this. Now, what happens if you never pray that prayer? What happens if you go through life and you never pray pray this prayer? If you go your entire lifetime without ever becoming a Christ follower, basically what you're saying is, God, God, I, I don't need Jesus to pay for my own sins. I got it covered. And at that point, you are on the hook for paying for your own sins. And the only way that happens is that you spend an eternity separated from God Paying for your sins in a place that the Bible calls hell. That's what happens. And the deal is, not only then do you go this entire lifetime without ever having God as a part of your life guiding you, but then you spend forever separated from Him as well. But God doesn't want that. Now, here's the funny thing. If you pray this prayer, or whenever you pray this prayer for the first time, you know, you would think that when you, know, when you pray like an eternity, destiny, changing prayer that, you know, you would feel something. And some people do. Some people feel, um, you know, relief or they feel uh, joy. But obviously, honestly, most people don't feel anything in that moment. You know, it's kind of like when I went from the kiddie table to the adult table. Like, there was no great event that marked that transition. I mean, I didn't feel any different. There were, I didn't feel any change. But there was a change. Likewise, when I became a Christ follower, I didn't feel any different necessarily. People don't always feel different. But there is something different. There is a change inside. You know, because I once was at the kitty table, and now I was at the adult table. I once was in exile, now I'm at the promised land. You know, I, likewise, I once was lost, but now I'm found. And a lot of times you don't feel much inside in that moment, but when you begin to make some lifestyle changes and begin to live differently, that's when you begin to feel different because you're doing things different. And so you'll begin to feel some of that difference in those times. And so that... And it's in those times that you'll begin to feel closer to God. You'll feel like he's closer and not just praying to him like he's a million miles away. You'll feel him guiding you in your decisions, you know, big and small. I mean, you'll feel like, okay, I'm enjoying life at the adult table now. Because you have a relationship with God. That's what he's getting at. Now, there is a third component to the angel's message. And this part of it comes in the form of a question. And the question is this, is when will I bow to Jesus as Lord? When will I bow to Jesus as Lord? Look one more time at what the angel said. Luke 2.10. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ The Lord. Once you recircle that word, Lord, again, recircle that word, Lord. Look, there's multiple words in the Hebrew language that mean Lord, and Hebrew is the language that the angel was speaking to the shepherds. That's what they would have understood. But this particular word that they use here is the Hebrew word Adonai, and that word actually means master or owner. And if he's the master or the owner, then he is the Lord over those things. And so. He's the Lord over all things, is what this word really means. That's quite a description for a baby, don't you think? But ultimately, this word means that Jesus is the Lord over all things, the master over all of it, over all of us. And so have you ever wondered why humanity celebrates the birth of Christ The world over. I I, I mean seriously. Have you ever stopped from all the Christmas hustle. To wonder why do we celebrate the birth of this child. I mean millions of babies were born before this. Billions of babies have been born after this. So why is the birth of this one child. Celebrated literally in every country of the world. On this night. I mean is it because. He was born of a virgin. Well, I mean, that's important, but that's not going to ignite, you know, worldwide celebration. Is it because a star appeared over the manger and three wise men showed up? No. Is it because an angel, you know, burst onto the scene in a, in a field where some shepherds were and announced the birth of this child? Well, probably not because, you know, shepherds aren't going to be able to ignite a worldwide revolution. Is it because he was the son of God? Well, you're getting warmer. The reason the birth of Christ is celebrated the entire world over is because this one child is solely responsible for bringing God and man back into a relationship together. Because without Christ, no one goes to heaven No one has a relationship with God. No one has God's guidance here on this earth. Without Christ, we're forever alienated from God. And as much as some people would like to try to deny the deity of Christ, as much as some work so hard to try to take the Christ out of Christmas and tell us that we should start saying happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas, as much as some people want to try to make the holiday about Santa and about trees and about presents and candy canes, there is no denying That Jesus Christ is the one that provided a way for humanity to have a restored relationship with God. And it is because billions of people over the last 2,000 years have personally experienced a relationship with God. And they have first hand knowledge of the immense love and power of Christ in their lives. That they give a first-hand account, a first-hand witness that this is what Christmas is truly about. And it's because of those people's personal relationship with Christ that they keep Christmas what it truly is. That's why Christmas is what it is today. And that's why Christmas will be what it will be tomorrow. That is why we celebrate the birth of this one child worldwide, year after year. And because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross to make all that possible, look what God did as a result. Look at this next verse in Philippians 2, verse 9. Therefore, God exalted him, that's Jesus, to the highest place and gave him the name above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is lord to the glory of God the father look god exalted jesus to the highest place in heaven and the bible says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that jesus is lord and so the only question that remains is this is when will you bow and acknowledge that jesus is lord will you voluntarily do that here in this life and make jesus the lord of your life or will you be forced to do that in the next life and acknowledge that jesus is lord Will you voluntarily make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life and bow your knees to him and make him do it voluntarily here on earth? Or will you be forced to bow and acknowledge Jesus as Lord in the next life while you await judgment? That is the only question left. And I'm telling you, there is nothing better that you could do this Christmas than to accept the free gift of eternal life that Jesus Christ is offering It is a free gift. He's offering to pay the price for your sins for you. So that you don't have to. But you have to accept this free gift. And if you do, you make a spiritual move from the kiddie table to the adult table. To God's table. Now let me give you a word of caution here. There are some people who think that they have a place at the adult table, at God's table. They think they're going to go to heaven when they die, but they won't. And here's why. They think they're going to get to heaven because they're a good person. Or they're better than the most people. Or maybe they've gone to church before. Maybe they've done some good deeds. Or maybe they've even given some money. They think they're going to go to heaven. But look, we don't go to heaven based on what we do. We only go to heaven based on what he has done for us. And so, you know, it's like some people think that they have a place at the adult table, at God's table, because they're in a place where other adults go, church. Or they think, oh, well, I've been around a bunch of other people who have a place at the adult table. They're around a bunch of other Christ followers. But they themselves have never sat at the adult table, sat at God's table and the way you have a seat at God's table is you accept his offer of forgiveness, but you make a commitment to follow him in return. You see, there's a lot of people, oh, yeah, they, they want the forgiveness. Oh, they're, they're all about that forgiveness part. But they're not really ready to make Jesus the Lord of their life, not really put Jesus in charge of their life. But that's not the offer. The offer... Is that Jesus says, I will freely forgive you of everything. But my expectation is, is that you follow me afterwards. That's what it means to be a Christ follower. That's what it means to change tables. To go from the kiddie table to the adult table. To go from a table separated from God. To go to his table. To be with God. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to pull out your connection card. I want you to hold it next to your message notes. I want you to look at the next steps. I want you to take the next step or steps that you're willing to take today. Because of how God has touched you tonight. Maybe it's this first one. I prayed the prayer today to become a Christ follower for the first time in my life and meant it. Now, Maybe you prayed it when you were like a little kid and didn't have any, really didn't know what you were doing. But you know now, and you prayed it tonight for the first time in your life. Maybe you've never prayed it before, and you prayed it tonight for the first time. If that's you, check that box, because I want to mail you some free stuff in the mail that will help you get started in this relationship with Christ. I also want you to pick up a new believer packet. It's on a little table just before you walk outside of each of these five doors. Just grab a new believer packet on your way out tonight. Maybe it's this next one. I commit to follow Christ. By coming to church regularly. Look, I mean, maybe you came tonight just because it's Christmas Eve. I feel like I'm supposed to go to church on Christmas Eve. But make a commitment to come to church regularly. Maybe make that an early New Year's resolution. Maybe you've meant to do that before, but make that a commitment for 2013. And we'd love for you to come here to Parkway Fellowship. But if not here, go to church somewhere where you can learn more about how to follow Christ, follow God. Next, I will strengthen my relationship with God by praying more and reading the Bible. Maybe you've been meaning to take that next step for a long time. Tonight, take it on this Christmas Eve. How about this next one? I will read the full Christmas story with my family this evening or tomorrow. The Christmas story is found in two places. It's in Luke 2, the first 20 verses, and then all of Matthew chapter 2. Read both because they contain different parts of the story. But read them with as a family. Make that your new Christmas tradition. It would be great. How about this next one? I will make Jesus my Lord and follow him as best I can in every area of my life. Because maybe you never really understood about making Jesus your Lord until tonight. And if that's you, and you've only, you know, you've become a, you're a true Christ follower, but you didn't know all that. Well, now you do. Make a decision to follow through with that part of the decision. Let me pray for you, and then after I pray, I'm going to give you some instructions about the candles. Father, I thank you for this Christmas Eve, and I thank you Lord, that you sent your son to die for us because we needed him and we didn't even know it. And I thank you that we celebrate that birth the world over because he has made a relationship with you possible. And because of what he did, he is now the Lord over all things. And we readily submit to you and submit to your son Christ and Thank you and ask you to help us to follow you as best we can from this day forward. Thank you for your sacrifice on that Christmas Eve and we don't want to forget that. So I thank you for everybody's efforts to be here tonight to remember what you've done. And I ask it
0: in his name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Our prayer is that God has given you at least one next step to take today in your walk with Christ. For more information about Parkway Fellowship or to contact us, visit www.parkwayfellowship.com. To talk with a pastor about becoming a Christ follower for the first time, you can call our offices at 832-222-9282.